Is this real life? Seventh round rookie quarterback Brock Purdy leading the San Francisco 49ers to a blowout win over Tom Brady and the Buccaneers in week 14. The keyest of key plays. Uh, what's going on with this rookie? Is this to be believed what we're seeing from these San Francisco 49ers? Uh, the one down moment of the game, Debo Samuel injury, all that and more game balls coming at you right now. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker with you at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker on Twitter. Thanks for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day, today's episode of Locked On 49ers is brought to you by Price Picks. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players. If they score more or less than their Price Picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on that entry. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. That's pricepicks.com, promo code Locked On. Croc, at what point in this football game in the like was it first quarter was it second drive of the game was it halftime when the Niners had this huge lead at what point did you look at this and just say what is going on what is happening right now I was almost in disbelief for the first half of this football game watching Brock Purdy operate and watching the 49ers just dice up the Tampa Bay Buccaneers I think when the 49ers initially just drove down the field on that first drive and scored a touchdown because my just thoughts on the game, just in general, I'm like, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, their offense isn't good. So the 49ers are able to just drive down on the first drive and hit them in the mouth and score a touchdown. Then I thought it would be a long day for Tampa Bay trying to play catch up. Absolutely. And once they, I mean, come on, there, you know, there's the, there's the Kyle Shanahan, Tom Brady, 28 to three thing. And people kept reminding me about it during the game, but it was like, man, this game felt over very early in the second quarter of that game because the way the 49ers defense is playing right now and what the way it looked like that Bucks offense was operating against that defense, they weren't coming back in this one. This wasn't Patriots-Falcons, right? This is 2000, what year are we in? 2022, December. It's nearly 2023. This is San Francisco 49ers-Buccaneers, and the 49ers crock are absolutely for real, absolutely still in this conversation for making a run into the playoffs and into the Super Bowl. Even with seventh-round rookie Mr. Irrelevant quarterback Brock Purdy, if he's going to be playing this good. Was that the best first half of quarterback play we've seen, not only from the 49ers this year, maybe in the entire Kyle Shanahan era? Brock Purdy, 16 of 21, passing, super efficient, 185 yards, hardly threw the ball in the second half. Almost all these stats are in the first half. Two touchdown passes, a 134 quarterback rating for the game. Um, had one mistake that got taken back off the, with, a, with a penalty with the interception that ended up not happening. Uh, just really unbelievable watching this kid operate. I, I, I thought he played extremely well. And one of the things that we've asked of Jimmy Garoppolo, and a, after a while you just realize, you know what, I think Jimmy is just Jimmy, the Jimmy Garoppolo that we see. But it wasn't so much that you need a quarterback with just all this immense talent, even though it is fun to have those guys. But it's just, can you make that one play that's not really there to be had? And I thought... Brock Purdy not only did it once, he did it two, three, four times in this game where, you know, it was less than an ideal situation for him, but he figured out a way to make a play and keep the chains moving. And I was really excited to see that, like, specifically. That's, that's what we've been wanting out of Jimmy. Now, the stat sheet, it was a very 
Jimmy Garoppolo is type game. And my guy Greg Pinelli, he kind of tweeted that out. But just in general, just watching it, all 185 yard passing games aren't created equal. And I think this one was a really good indication of that. Uh, terrific job being able to play off script, especially when the 49ers needed it. He's got a little bit, if I mean, and of course the comparisons are going to come, you know, you're going to compare him to everybody on the 49ers roster, but specifically Jimmy Garoppolo, because in the end, when you look at the stats, that was kind of a Jimmy Garoppolo-ish performance by Brock Purdy. But something's very different about it. And I think there's two major things that are different about the Garoppolo-led 49ers offense, at least in this game. And one was a little bit more aggressive getting the ball out and down the field. The throw to Christian McCaffrey for the touchdown. Um, the the Ayuk sort of like stick a fork in a touchdown, right? Right before the uh, – that was right before the first half, or was that coming out in the second half? Now, I don't even remember. They scored so right many touchdowns. The, right, right before halftime. Yeah, right before halftime. Okay, that put them up four touchdowns. Yeah, so 28 nothing at that point. Um, and – uh, and just that little bit of extra functional athleticism that he has. He, getting out of the pocket quick, uh, making plays. You saw it on the touchdown run. Uh, it's, yeah, he had also had a rushing touchdown, by the way, uh, to go with his two touchdown passes. There's just a little something extra of the big play variety that Jimmy Garoppolo usually doesn't give the 49ers, but he had the... Um, he had all the efficiency to go with it and getting the ball out on time and defeating the blitz and all of those little things as well, which you don't expect to see from a rookie quarterback. Yeah. And, and we're bringing up some of the things that he did extremely well in this game. This is not to pin Brock Purdy against Jimmy Garoppolo. All right. No, Cause no. I know there are going to be a lot of people that make that comparison. Oh, he's better than Jimmy G. Oh, he's better than Trey Lent. Like this is not that we're just talking about some of the things that we saw that were different uh, as far as kind of how the game went and what you got from the quarterback position. And, you know, one big play, right, rolling out to his right, there was a guy right there to cut, cut him off, made him miss, dropped that arm, uh, nice off-platform throw on the out to Debo Samuel. And, you know, those type of things right there where it was like, okay, that functional uh, mobility that he has that's a little bit extra, I, I thought it made a huge difference in this game. I've seen a lot of Jeff Garcia comparisons. <laughs> yes, in the chest is Brock Garcia. Uh, to be honest with you, and look, neither one of them had great arms. I think actually Purdy's ball comes out a little easier than Jeff Garcia's did. Uh, I can see why, because size and some athleticism. Uh, Jeff Garcia really, it felt like he always had to put his entire body into every throw. Like he was just, that, that was his fastball every single time. And Brock Purdy, I think, has a little bit more in just how quickly he's able to to let it go with a quick release and, and get it to where he needs to with a little bit more with a little better trajectory so i would say in the arm category i'd give the checkbox to brock purdy for sure and man yeah. it took to get jeff garcia took a long time to be able to get to the point where he was playing like i, I at, at the beginning of this podcast i called brock purdy kid and it's like he is a kid compared to the guy on the other sideline. Tom Brady's 45 years old. Uh, I'm not much younger than Tom Brady. Like um, Brock Purdy was born five minutes, five months before, before Tom Brady was drafted. Like this is a young guy out there in his first career start. And he looks like a seasoned veteran right now. This is, this, this is pretty crazy. We, 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 I, I didn't want to expect to see this out of Brock Purdy, even though this is exactly what he looked like last week when he came in the game after Jimmy Garoppolo was hurt. But now we've seen two pretty almost full games worth of Brock Purdy looking like this dude belongs. Yeah, and I think that's very encouraging, right? A lot of our talk was 
the 49ers' expectation for the season is Super Bowl. And it's like, man, you don't want to put that on a young guy with limited snaps. And we know that he played extremely well last week, especially coming in cold off the bench. But, you know, it's like, well, how's it going to come this week, right? And one big part of it is, is he going to be able to continue to play freely, right? Because now you're a part of the game plan. Now they're putting more on you mentally. And how can you handle that? And I thought he came in and they handled it extremely well. They talk a lot about his preparation like a professional. You, you know, I don't want to say expect that, but, you know, a guy that played four years in college, you know, started four years in college, and then what that looks like going to the next level and being able to handle everything that's throwing at him. I thought he did a terrific job doing that. Uh, there's a comment here from, I don't want to get too far into the future here, looking at Brock Purdy. We'll focus a lot more about him today. We'll, we'll worry about future quarterbacks uh, on future episodes here. Uh, after the game, though, I did notice, and Hiromi here in the chat says, can anyone confirm did TB12 not shake Purdy's hand? I can't confirm that or deny that, but I did see Brock Purdy after the game walking around, kind of like not knowing what to do. Nobody was talking to him, and he was just kind of looking around, and I wonder if he was looking for Tom Brady, and, and I can imagine after a 35-7 loss that Tom Brady wouldn't take that extremely well and might not have been looking for, for Brock Purdy necessarily in the middle of the field, but that was just what I saw on the broadcast right after the game. I have no idea if there was any conversations there between TB12, uh, maybe dissing Brock Purdy. I have no idea, but if anybody has... Uh, information on that let me know yeah I didn't I didn't see that do you think Croc based on what we saw here in this game is is Brock Purdy it like are you just like are you putting are you putting Jimmy on IR because the latest report now during the game is like oh maybe it's a three-month injury so I don't know what the truth is with Jimmy Garoppolo and they hadn't put him on IR yet because that makes me think that maybe they think he could come back but you see Brock Purdy operate in this offense, do you think, eh, let's just go ahead and put him on IR and we'll see who can come back first from, from IR? Yeah, I'd assume that you probably won't see Jimmy Garoppolo for the rest of this year. And if when, when do they announce it? Like, Is it like next weekend when they announce? Oh, he's on the IR, right, to free up that roster space? Because it's not like something that they have to announce tomorrow. Uh, well, oh, but it, they actually play in the game. They play Thursday. So yeah. on a short week, they probably have to – and it could have happened. I thought it might have happened at the end of this week before this game to bring up somebody that they wanted to to bring up to replace him. Um, and we'll talk about who maybe could be out there for veteran uh, help if the 49ers might need now a player at a different position and, and maybe not even at quarterback. By the way, thank you in the chat. Kyle says Brady hugged him, bro. Brady shook Purdy's hand uh, in the OT. Okay, so there we go. Brady and Purdy are cool with each other. Uh, pretty amazing, though. D did you see, last note real quick on, on Brady's performance here, how awesome was the moment when they showed his family and, and his dad? Brock Purdy. You yeah, said Brock Brady. Purdy. Yeah, not Tom Brady's. And they showed Tom Brady's family, too. Uh, but Brock Purdy's family in the crowd and, like, his dad getting a little teared up. Like, the entire – how amazing is that, right? Your son is making his first NFL start. You get to travel to see him play in this moment, and he's on the field, and the entire stadium is chanting your son's name after he's going out and scoring touchdowns and like living his dream. that That's amazing. I love seeing that. Oh, uh, dude, I was in Arizona last week watching my son D play basketball and he scored a bucket and people are like, let's go D. And I got teary eyed, just people cheering yeah. him on. And it was like two people, right? I can only imagine an entire stadium chanting, chanting your last name uh, because your son is playing well. And uh, another part of it too, just kind of the, I guess, adversity, right? When you have to battle, that you have to battle through being the last pick in the draft, having, you know, playing all four years, trying to get this opportunity, needing 
several things to go your way. And, you know, you obviously don't wish injury on anyone, but he, he needed several things to go his way to be a guy that uh, got to have this opportunity. And it's all about being prepared, man. I, I talked about it with my guy Isaiah Hodgins. Shout out to Isaiah Hodgins, scored another touchdown today for the New York Giants. But he was a draft pick by Buffalo. Just couldn't get on the field because of a numbers game. Couldn't even get any targets. Next thing you know, two years later, after being on practice squad a couple years, gets an opportunity by the Giants. He's catching passes. He's catching touchdowns. And it all started with just having an opportunity. And Brock Purdy's definitely taking advantage of the opportunity right now. More on Brock Purdy's performance for the San Francisco 49ers in a 35-7 win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We will give out game balls in this one, and there are plenty to go around both on offense and the defensive side of the ball. Uh, man, D'Amico Ryan's defense playing another fantastic game, four quarters worth of awesome football uh, by the 49ers in this one. More on this fantastic victory coming up next. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers is brought to you by our friends at Turo. Turo is the world's largest car sharing marketplace. With Turo, you can book any car you want for whatever sort of reason you need it. Maybe you're going on a, a little road trip or you need, you know, you maybe need a big van or you need a, a large spacious SUV for the entire family to go on this road trip across the U.S. You can find Turo vehicles anywhere in the United States, the U.K., Canada or Australia for me. Getting a car to go up to Lake Tahoe, a 4x4 for the snow is what I needed, Turo, for. By the way, a whole bunch of snow this weekend. We saw a little rain coming down at, uh, at Levi's Stadium on Sunday. That means a lot of snow up there. Might have to be hitting it a little bit more, hitting the slopes up in, in Lake Tahoe and up in the Sierras. And I can find a vehicle to get me there. Maybe you just need an economy car to get you from point A to point B or test drive that electric vehicle or some vehicle you want to see how it fits into your everyday life and you want to spend some time with it. Many Hero Turo hosts can even deliver the car right to you. And every trip is backed by liability insurance. Terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Forget those boring rental cars and find your drive at Turo.com. This episode is brought to you in part by Audible. Audible is releasing a slate of new football podcasts that you might have heard about and we're sure you're going to love. That's why you'll be able to find a sneak peek of Think Like a Champion available right now as a bonus episode on Locked On Presents. Think Like a Champion is a brand new podcast from Russell Wilson and Audible. Russ is a champion on the field, except for this year. But off of it, we rarely know the grind and the path to greatness. Russell Wilson, alongside co-host Harry Wilson and the late Trevor Moad, dig into high-performance athletes, artists, and leaders who push the boundaries and their potential. MVP, uh, Super Bowl champion and MVP Von Miller delivers sharp insights about performing at your highest level. And how about NCAA champion and former NFLer Tim Tebow discussing how to find your unique personal mission in the world? That, that conversation might be underrated between Tim Tebow and Russell Wilson that you might want to tune in for. So get over to Locked On Presents for a sneak peek at uh, Think Like a Champion or catch the full series available anywhere you get your podcasts, including Audible. Audible, get in the game. All right, Croc, uh, real quick, some of the bad news in this. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I saw the video of the hug at midfield between Purdy and Tom Brady. Okay. And it wasn't really a hug. I'm watching it right now. It's a little bit. Uh, and the San Francisco 49ers, they, they posted it. But it's a little like, hey, good job. And then kind of a walk off. It was kind of like a little dab. Good job. A little salty uh, dab. It was probably as much as he was going to get from Tom Brady. Yeah, a little salty depth. I can't, I can't imagine Tom Brady is too happy about uh, uh, how that game went, really, in its entirety. 
Debo Samuel, we've got to talk about this because it was a big moment in the game. And all of the positive happening in this game, there was a little bit of a cloud over it once Debo Samuel went down with an injury, holding what looked like his knee and then was an ankle injury and seeing him super emotional, hands in his face, getting carted off the field. That's like, man, you see that scene. Usually that's season over. This is a big injury. You're worried about if he's going to be available for week one next year. You're thinking ACLs and all of these things. We are getting a little bit of word, though, Croc, that maybe it's not as bad as they first feared. It's not an ACL injury. It is indeed an ankle injury, and and maybe it's not the worst scenario. Um, that's all we kind of know right now. I'm sure we'll learn a lot after the game. If those of you in the chat are listening to Kyle Shanahan speak on it, maybe he has some more insight. If um, you know we go through the MRIs and everything, I'm sure we'll know tomorrow tomorrow and talk a lot more about that. But man, that was really rough to see. And you know, there's multiple. This is such a crazy game because you're watching it kind of in disbelief. You're like, wow, is this really happening right now? Watching the 49ers, watching this rookie quarterback operate, and the 49ers looking so good. And then there's moments with the you know the the father in the crowd and the family, and then Debo Samuel goes down and he's emotional. Like this was kind of a a heavy game to watch in a weird way, which usually, you know, football games are not that way. This was an, an emotional game of, of ups and downs for the 49ers and really the one down being the Debo Samuel injury. Yeah. Watching Debo get carted off the field was definitely devastating. And when I initially saw it, I thought it was his ankle. It looked like his ankle got caught underneath. And then when I saw the replay, kind of this free freeze frame of it, I'm like, uh, it could be the knee being twisted, but you could see his ankle was dang near flat against the ground. Uh, because of how it had got kind of rolled up on. So that's what I was thinking initially. But then, like you said, when he gets carted off, he did have his hand on his knee. You see the tears and everything. I'm like, gosh, I hope it's not anything too terrible. So I guess if there is going to be an injury to a player, hearing that it's an ankle injury and hopefully no fracture, I'm pretty sure they'll get him in right away for you know x-rays and, and see the extent of it. But uh, if he can come back, that'd be, that'd be huge. But first and foremost, make sure that you know he, he's good. And the the three biggest injuries for the 49ers this year, starting with Trey Lance, it was a broken ankle for him. Jimmy Garoppolo, an ankle. And now Debo Samuel, an ankle. I, I don't know what's going on. I don't think it's anything specific that made this happen. Uh, but all three times, it was multiple big dudes dragging down ball carriers. You know, And so some people are pointing at Kyle Shanahan saying, okay, you got to stop with the up-the-middle yeah. stuff. Like a couple of carries per game, you, you got to be able to utilize Debo Samuel. I don't love the you know, the between the tackles stuff. But then, you know, people are like, I ah, don't run Christian McCaffrey between the tackles. Like, well, he's a running back. Like someone has to have carries between the tackles. You're playing a football game and you have to keep a defense honest, even if you don't want guys to be carrying the ball in the middle of the field. But, you know, they, it's with, with Jimmy G was in the pocket, but he's still trying to fight and get away from guys. I saw earlier today, um, the Pittsburgh Steelers game and their rookie quarterback, Kenny Pickett trying to get out of a play and make a play running the football got tackled by big dudes and, and got hurt. And at a certain points, like it's not worth it, man. Just like go into a heap on the ground and, and live to play another day, especially if you're not a, a true running back. It's probably tough though, because you got to remember like how many times have these guys been just tackled? And that's what they think. I mean, they've been tackled thousands of times. And then there's like, you know, one out of a thousand times, it could just be catastrophic and it, there might be something to it. I see everybody talking about the, the post by Jerry Rice, and he's like, stop running these guys up the middle. I thought, and I didn't see a replay, or I didn't pay attention to a replay after I saw everyone saying, why you run him up the middle? Why run Debo up the middle? What I originally thought I saw, and I could be wrong. Yeah, I could be wrong. I haven't paid attention to the replay like that, but I thought it was something to get him out on the edge, and somebody had the corner 
kind of flanked. They set the edge well, and they had to cut it kind of up. But I could be wrong. Was, was it something that were they, it was like a designed run uh, between the A and B gap? Yeah, I, it looked like it was one of those where you you get everybody going one way and you pitch it, but then they, he comes back hard downhill. So I think it was designed, but you know, wherever the hole is is where he's going to go, and it was sort of the try to fight for extra yards part that. Um, when you up getting hurt, but that's what de- makes Debo so good. He's so good at breaking tackles. He's so amazing at getting in the edge. We saw it with his touchdown run, run early in the game. Oh, look at this. Croc getting A-plus service, a little burger during the pod. I like that. Um, it, but it's, yeah, it's just unfortunate, and you can't take it all the way out, right? But you definitely don't want to see these guys, and, and I get what Jerry's point is, and I've talked to, I talked about it last year with Debo. It's like, okay, we're going a little bit too far in a pure running back between the tackle mode. You, It's like, a, and I talked about this with Trey Lance as well. Um, this one wasn't so bad because he wasn't getting a ton of carries. This just happened to be the one carry that, that he got hurt on, but that's just it. It's a roulette wheel, and you don't know when the number's going to come up, but the more you spin the wheel, the number's definitely going to come up at some point. Right. And so that's sort of the thing. It's like, okay, you just know that if you're playing roulette and you're spinning the wheel, at some point there's an opportunity for that number that is a broken ankle to pop up for you. Um, and uh, it's unfortunate that it happened for, for Debo Samuel. But on this one, I, it's hard to blame Kyle too much. But I, I did kind of not like seeing a lot of Bosa late in the game, a lot of Christian McCaffrey late in the game. It's like, let's start to protect some of these guys a little bit. But we know that, that Kyle Shanahan's not really wired that way. Yeah, right. Well, nobody was worried about Debo carrying the ball when he got to the edge uh, early yeah. in the game and <laughs> scored a touchdown. So it's mm-hmm. like you can't have that without the other. It, it was a design run. You know, I thought it was to get him out on the edge. He cut it back upfield, and you know he got tackled in a group of people, and that's unfortunate. But if you don't do that, I think you take away some of what makes Debo Debo. Right? Like think about the NFC Championship game, or not NFC Championship game. Excuse me. The um, the wild card game against the Dallas Cowboys. Remember, he said he pressed the edge, pressed the edge, pressed the edge. The Cowboys did a really good job of that outside containment. He cut that up in the middle of everybody and just outran everyone to the end zone. So it's one of those things where it's it's kind of like you have to kind of take what potentially could come with it because like that's a big part of what makes Debo so special. John says that Kyle Shanahan after the game said no fracture, likely a sprain. So. Uh, we need one of the. Uh, I think Coach Desi is actually in the chat still. If she is, let us know what's the what's the time frame for a an ankle sprain. More tests to come is what Kyle Shanahan said with Debo Samuel. So that's good news. That's not guaranteed season over, and likely if it's a four to six week thing, then he can still come back uh, in the playoffs for the 49ers, even if his regular season is done. So we'll see what that looks like for Debo Samuel. But extremely good news for Debo Samuel on this day, with a lot of good news for the San Francisco. 49ers okay gold-blooded saying high ankle sprain that's different than just an ankle sprain high ankle sprain is is different and uh can take a, a lot longer to heal so uh oh here we go seeing week to week i don't know We're, we'll find out we'll dive in more into what's going on when we get official word from those uh oh here we go so this from coach desi who we've had on the show friend of the show Shout out to Coach Desi for some little quick information here on what we know so far now. High ankle sprains can track pain north and cause knee pain, but the image does does show concern for MCL, maybe even ACL. Depends on the type of ankle sprain. Okay, so we're hoping for just a regular old ankle sprain and not the high variety of ankle for Debo Samuel for sure. Next, we've got to give out game balls, and we haven't even talked about that. Just that absurdly good suffocating San Francisco 49ers defense next. 
This episode of Locked On 49ers is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks, you might ask, what is Prize Picks and how easy is it to play daily fantasy sports with Prize Picks? I'll tell you how easy it is because you can make entries in less than 60 seconds. You can make injuries in the time it takes me to talk about Prize Picks right now. In fact, I could talk about Prize Picks and make an entry at the same time, which I've actually done before. That's how easy Prize Picks is. You're not picking an entire team of players, daily fantasy style. You are not playing against a big pool of other people and sharks. It is just you versus the projections available at Prize Picks. All you do, you pick two to five players. If they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on that entry. Prize Picks offers projections on any sport that you watch, tons of NFL projections. NBA, NHL, PGA golf. We're talking college sports, motorsports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, uh, even cricket and disc golf, esports, you name it. You can find projections at Price Picks. Withdrawals are always safe and fast. And Price Picks is currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. So download the Price Picks app or go to pricepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users receive a 100%. Instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, Price Picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, Price Picks will give you $50 more to play with. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. All right, Croc. It's game ball time of this episode here. And I know that uh, there's a, a ton of game balls we can give out at this one. So we, so we might have to be even somewhat judicious as we give out these game balls and surely Brock Purdy gets the first game ball. Uh, just an unbelievable performance by him. Uh, he was putting up legit stats in the first half where if the, you know, Buccaneers could, and Tom Brady could do anything on offense on their side, then he might've been able to throw more in the second half. And, you know, who knows, but he was on a 300 yard throwing pace in the first half uh, efficient making throws, I mean, this is as easy as game balls get all year for me, giving one to the rookie Brock Purdy winning his first NFL start. Yeah, that was awesome. Definitely have to give him that first game ball because he was the key piece in this game. I thought the 49ers definitely uh, outmatched the Tampa Bay Buccaneers just in the sense of, you know, team versus team. So it was going to depend on how did the young guy play, how he deal with pressure. And he got hit in the mouth. <laughs> first play of the game, they ended up throwing a flag. And uh, it was funny because I heard him check. The play, he's like, uh, check, 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 or whatever. And somebody from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers said, oh, man, shut that, S-H-I-T. Uh, did you hear that? <laughs> no, I didn't oh, catch Oh, yeah. That. Oh, it was loud and clear. It was loud and clear. But he took he took that hit in the mouth and didn't waver. And I thought for the rest of the game, he looked to look like he looked last week. Very uh, poised uh, throughout the game. Never looked like any moment was too big for him. So definitely first game ball has to go to him. I love that too. Yeah, he looked super confident from the first play of the game. He canned whatever the first call was, and clearly they had the box stacked. One thing he missed with that stacked box is that some of those guys were coming, so he didn't see the free blitzer in uh, twenty-two. Keanu Neal coming off the edge, and you know he checked to the the pass play, and I'm sure the uh, the Buccaneers kind of knew it was coming. Because I think you know some defensive coaches are really good at that, where they want you to check into the play that they want, you know, so they know you're checking from run the pass at that point, which is what he did. He got blasted. Um, and the Niners had some, you know, really good luck with the flags in this game. So you can't say that the, the, the refs have it against the 49ers right now. Right. Because, um, <laughs> they got, they got helped out a lot. Not that they were bad calls or anything, but there was big plays. I thought bad. the, I, I thought the defensive holding on the interception was a bad call. I, I, I thought it, he just it, got his hands on the receiver and yeah. the receiver stumbled and fell. And it just, 
I'm like, that's not a good, that's a bad call. Now I'll take it because right. Brock Purdy threw an interception. And it was a perfect yeah. example of what we're talking about with Brock Purdy too. So he gets hit in the mouth, first play of the game, right? Not rattled at all. They roll down the field and score after that um, when, when they could have been a quick three and out. Um, he could have folded there. He did not. Then after that near interception, maybe should have been an interception, ticky-tack call. You know, Grok's going to stand up for his DBs. And I don't disagree with you, Croc, by the way. Um, and then, boom, right after that, goes over the top, right, for a touchdown. Like, the ball's on Brock Purdy, first of all. Uh, big sock Brock. The No, no, no. We got to stop doing that whole thing. I, I'm not feeling that. It's over. I it's, can't. It's I like, can't. yeah. It was funny. It was you, funny. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see it in the chat, and I see it's, it in, you know, it's, it's just like, all right, we got to come up with a different nickname. I've seen Brock Ellipse, which I like a little bit better. Uh, of course, it's it's Purdy mania to me because of everything that's going on around Brock Purdy right now, this is uh, this is a fever pitch now. People are going to be crazy. He's going to be on he be Brock Purdy's going to be talked about on every single national show tonight and tomorrow because of what's going on right now. Like he's going to be instantly famous for those people who didn't watch a lot of Iowa State and didn't know the 49ers third round or third string quarterback and seventh round pick coming into the season. So uh, he's about to be a very famous human being. That's what the NFL can do for you. Um, but to come back and throw that touchdown pass and just to show the guts from Brock Purdy, who just threw an interception, to still be aggressive, make the throw, make a touchdown. And for Kyle to call that play, like Kyle could have gone into a shell easy and be like, okay, good job, Brock. You got us here. We have a lead. We're going to hand the ball off every single play the rest of the way. And they went over the top on the very next play. Yeah. So I thought that was awesome. And, and what was good about it, too, because it, it obviously was underthrown. He was about to get hit. He threw the ball out there. It was underthrown. But – in those type of plays, and I talk about it all the time, just get the ball to the receiver, first and foremost. Don't try to make the perfect pass, right? We saw that with Trey Lance uh, week one against Chicago. You try to make that perfect throw in there, and then, oh, you slightly overthrow somebody on that's wide open. And you have Ayuk wide open, underthrow it. As long as he catches the ball, we're good. And obviously, Ayuk stopped for the ball, caught it, but he was able to get to the end zone. So um, I was very encouraged even by that play. <laughs> Coaches on both sides of the ball. We've got a uh, a nomination for D'Amico Ryan's and Kyle Shanahan both getting game balls in this one. Uh, I I think when you have a thorough domination and you're beating the team offensively and defensively as thoroughly as the 49ers did with the Buccaneers here, uh, that looked like they outcoached the other side. So uh, I, I'm with that. You with that on game balls for D'Amico and Kyle? Oh, 100%. 100%. They, and more so for just – Having your guys ready, you know, it, it, the the discipline that I thought they played with throughout this game, uh, the execution. We talked about execution a lot early in this year, and the execution just was not there. And then you watch this game, and just the execution on both sides of the ball was tremendous, even in the run game. Even when guys like Jordan Mason came into the game and, you know, him being able to execute and be disciplined with his eyes and understand where the cutback lane was and then finish strong, you know, just all of those little things. The execution on the on the last drive to pick up that first down, Josh Johnson coming in, he's like, hey, I want some of this too. Uh, I just thought the, the 49ers are an extremely well-coached team and it was on full display in this game. Here's a good stat to show how good the 49ers defense was in this game, especially against Tom Brady, who doesn't get beaten like this that often in his 22 years in the NFL. From Michael David Smith of PFT, uh, this is only the second time in Tom Brady's career that his team has been trailing by 35 plus points at any time in any game. 
The first time was the Bucks 38 to three loss to the Saints in 2020. It never happened once when Brady was on New England. So this is rare territory for for Tom Brady. Pretty much the second worst loss of his career when you're when we're talking scoreboard with this guy who's you know most people think is the greatest of all time. Some 49ers fans might not agree with that statement. Um, and how about this for my next game ball here with Dre Greenlaw? He's all over the place. He's been all over the place for some weeks now. Like he's playing at a super high level. Um, Dre Greenlaw was on KMBR earlier this week and he said, quote, man, I need a Brady ball. I just need to get a Brady ball talking about picking off Tom Brady. And what did he do in this game? He got himself a Brady ball picking off Tom Brady. So uh, shout out Dre Greenlaw game ball there. Almost got him a couple of them, but even more so than the interception, which was amazing. That was the interception right there that when you're playing Madden, you get upset because you see that linebacker underneath. You yeah. try to get it over him, and he's like, man, the receiver's 10 yards away. How'd this guy pick it off? And then it happens in real life, and you're like, oh, okay, maybe it is a little real. Yeah, the that Superman one, I thought that was tremendous. Uh, Showing that vertical jump on that to knock that ball in the air. Um, almost had a near one in the red zone that actually ended up being a touchdown, but mm -hmm. you know, kind of dove at, out there knocked the ball away but it got deflected into a receiver's hands that could have been up for grabs for anyone and then the tackles uh just physicality underneath closing quick there were times where leonard fortnett who i needed to hit the under on his yards and he did but leonard fortnett catch a ball in the flats and it looks like oh man he's gonna pick up 10 yards and then here comes Drake greenlaw boom three yard gain you know and it was like wow uh he's playing at a very very high level and i love him because out of all the players and i talked about being disciplined he might be the most undisciplined, but it's something you don't want to take away from him. And it's kind of like Hufunga, right? Hufunga plays yeah. with this reckless abandonment. And you don't want to take that away from them, even if it means maybe giving up a play here and there. Uh, I love the way Greenlaw plays. Keep playing that way. And I think the 49ers really feed off of it. Speaking of Hufunga, and I didn't get a clear look at this because there was the penalty and the long pass to uh, Mike Evans got taken away um, because of a hold on... Not surprised. We talked about this. Uh, Donovan Smith, the left tackle, right? And but Hufanga was like just chasing after him, like you know, like like maybe he was the guy that 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 screwed up, or maybe someone else screwed up, and he just happened to be the closest guy there. Did you see anything that happened on that play? No, nah, I don't. I don't think they showed like a full field replay yeah. of what happened. I did see that there was definitely confusion prior to the snap. I saw Hufanga pointing, kind of waving the guy, "Hey, you go this way, this way," and then it was like, I don't know, guys were. Confused. And that yeah, happened just, in just, the uh, the first play against Miami. So they, they definitely yeah. have to get that under control, like whatever's going on with there. Obviously, in this game, there was a holding penalty that brought it back. But there's definitely a couple of times now. And I'm not saying that this is something that happens all the time, but some pre-snap confusion on assignments. And typically, this safety is going to be the guy who, oh, man, he blew a coverage. Oh, this three times or three games or whatever. Because, well, they are typically the last line of defense. So that's the guy that you're going to see chasing. And it looked like it's his fault. Maybe it is. I don't know. But I do know that uh, that's a that's another tough one. I, I, I can't wait to kind of see the, the full field view of that specific play. By the way, 15 total tackles for Dre Greenlaw in that game. Uh, the next most was eight tackles by Jimmy Ward. I want to give a game ball to Jimmy Ward. I think he's kind of taken to that that nickel roll now. He's been flying around. The, the, he was all over the place in this game. Got his hands on a couple of footballs. Um, almost had a, a big pick that could have gone the other way in this game. He hit Tom Brady once or twice. Uh, all over the place, Jimmy Ward. Love seeing that. Yeah, flying around. I think it was like maybe the first half, maybe early in the third quarter. Uh, I knew that he had been targeted three times. 
not including the screenplay I'm going to talk about, but he had been targeted about three times, all incomplete. Um, nice pass breakup. There was a screen that he sniffed out, and if it was a good pass, it probably would have went the other way for six. So uh, definitely starting to embrace that that uh, new position at the nickel, new slash old position for him. And I think, uh, you know, when you start to play as well as the 49ers defense is right now, uh, you feed off that, and then maybe it just doesn't matter where you play as long as you're on the field. And right now, 49ers are getting their best 11 guys on the field. That includes having Jimmy Ward play in the nickel. And Gibson, who's kind of playing over him at the safety spot, ended up getting an interception today. Any other game balls, Croc, before we get out of here? Uh, I have another one if you if you wanna if you wanna think about it for a second if you wanna marinate. Well, I'll say maybe offensive line because how many times did Brock Purdy get sacked? So he got sacked zero times for zero yards. There you go. So and give a game ball to the O line. Yeah, you know what? I, I'm glad you said that because I was gonna give a game ball to the guy that came uh, that was behind the offensive line. And I know there's a lot of people in the chat are talking about Jordan Mason closing it out. Love seeing Jordan Mason's 11 carries. He's such a big runner. He's, he's clearly a different guy than Christian McCaffrey. But how about Christian McCaffrey doing what you traded for him to do in this game, being really big for his rookie quarterback? 14 carries, 119 yards, uh, multiple big runs in this one, eight and a half yards per carry and a touchdown. And then the big reception as well, getting the toe tap inbounds on uh on a 27 yard touchdown catch so love seeing that from christian mccaffrey and yeah you're right like things were going well up front and that really helps out your young quarterback you're not getting hit and you're able to run the ball and score points in a multitude of ways uh i mean that 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 really helps so like i can't think of anything that didn't work for the 49ers in this one everything was cooking everything was good cooking it was fun to watch fun game to watch i got a congratulations danny gray congrats on your first ever nfl catch it was the game sealer got the first down Kneel down, game over. So congrats, Danny Gray, finally getting uh, his first reception in the NFL from his uh, – actually, it wasn't from his fellow rookie because we – that's how <laughs> – dude, like, you, I would not believe you if you'd have told me not only is Brock Purdy going to play well, he's going to play so good that Josh Johnson's coming up – coming in in mop-up <laughs> duty in the fourth quarter to play because you're up so big. I mean, that's crazy what this, what this game was for the 49ers. Unbelievable. I think the 49ers' skill positions put just how good they are on full display, and it was – it was it was fun to watch, right? When you think of the weapons that the 49ers have, all of those guys contributed one way or another. And yep. I think, you know, a lot of it, Brock Purdy did a good job of when things weren't there, being able to create. And then when things were there, because, wow, uh, Brandon Ayuk just beat this guy by 10 yards. Or, you know, he, he was able to get the ball out to these guys and really distribute the ball in a big way. Uh, oh, let me turn around, flip it to Debo Samuel. He ran down the sideline for a 15-yard touchdown. You know, just the, the weapons that the 49ers have are tremendous. We know that. And it was really good to see it all on display and how they helped the young quarterback out. All right. Thanks, everybody, for making Locked On 49ers your first listen. Uh, we've got much more to cover throughout the week on Purdy getting ready on a short turnaround at Seattle Seahawks on Thursday night for week 15. And we'll get an official diagnosis. And we'll know a lot more about Debo Samuel's injury tomorrow as well. So thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen. Make sure you check out Locked On Sports today right here on the network, talking about all the biggest uh, stories in all of sports croc doing locked on nfl draft daily and catch me and matt williamson peacock and williamson nfl show daily right here on the locked on podcast network croc and i back tomorrow locked on 49ers